I am what uh, most people would call an ethnic chameleon. So when people first meet me, they don't really know who I am, which results in a lot of curious things like people speaking to me in pretty much every language you could ever imagine. I've had it all, Spanish, Greek, you know, languages like Tamil. People think I, I may be Jewish. No, no one really knows. And their minds start to peak after a little while. And inevitably, they ask the question, so, John, um, where are you from? <laughs> I like to play coy with this one. So I say, oh, well, you know, I, I live in Alaska. And they're like, no, no, where are you from? <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm from Arizona, you know, I lived there since second grade. No, your parents, where are they from? So that inevitably leads to these curious questions and obscure attempts to retell the life of my parents and how I came to be here in Anchorage, Alaska. Well, I, I was born in London, England. Um, my, my father was a translator. He worked for the British and uh, the United States government translating between English and Farsi. There's your answer. John Parsi, he speaks Farsi. Seriously, that was like all of my childhood. Um, Farsi is the language of Iran, in case you're curious. Though usually we call ourselves Persian because we don't, you know, want to be associated with Iran, that scary place that has bombs and evil people or whatever. My, my parents had actually actively made the decision for me to be in, born in London. I was born in December 1979, so it was just after the revolution. And my family is a small religious minority, Zoroastrians, uh, most known by the book by Frederick Nietzsche, Thus Spoke Zarathustra, which is the only way that anyone knows about the 250,000 of us who still live in this world. But unfortunately, their whole reason for having me be born in, in London didn't quite work out. After I was born, the British government said, well, the kid and the mother, they can stay, but perhaps you got to go back to Iran. So that didn't really work, and we packed our bags and went back to Iran. I lived in Iran for three and a half years, and if you know a little bit about your history, and I'm going to venture to guess, like many Americans, some of you probably don't know, Iran, after the revolution, was not such a pleasant place for religious minorities, and somewhere around 1980-81, Iran went to war with a country called Iraq. Yeah, that was a while ago, and that dude Saddam Hussein wasn't so nice to us, so there was a lot of bombings, and that kind of shaped my childhood. Uh, in fact, to this day, I'm sometimes afraid of the dark. I, I know it's not cool to be afraid of the dark, but I am, because I had to deal with air raid sirens and bombings, and that's not so cool when you're a little kid. Um, my brother Jimmy, we'll call him Jimmy for now because that's a lot easier. More on that in a moment. <laughs> Jimmy was born in Iran, and after his birth, my parents found out that he had asthma. Well, you'd think asthma would be a, a bad thing to have, but in this case, it was fortuitous because my mother had a really good friend in Italy. Um, his name was Luigi. <laughs> not making that up. Uh, and Luigi was a doctor, and so he contacted us and said, we could put up the paperwork that basically says that there is a procedure that you can have done in Italy to correct asthma that you can't do in Iran. It worked. Um, so this letter came out, and my uh, parents were able to secure some documents to allow my brother and I uh, to go to Italy so that my brother could have this surgery. And my mother was allowed to come, but my father was not. He was told he had to stay in Iran. 
Uh, so we got onto a plane and we flew to Italy to go be with my mom's uh, best friend. They'd learned English together in, in the UK. And so that was our first entree outside. Meanwhile, my father got stuck in Iran, so it took him over a year and a half to be able to escape. And uh, basically what he did was find someone who could forge some paperwork for him so he could get to Turkey. He got to Turkey, got stopped in Turkey. They had a little thing called immigration camps, um, something you would know a lot about if you were from Arizona like I, I am. <laughs> and in these immigration camps, they quickly found out that he spoke English, so uh, that was highly prized, and they sent him to work in hotels, because that's what you do with immigrants. Uh, <laughs> and he was working in a hotel and met an American woman, and the American woman was able to find some paperwork for him to get him out of Turkey and into Austria, and then he met up with us in Italy. Um, now, coming to Italy in the first place for him was a little bit difficult, but we had different reactions within my family. My younger brother, Jimmy, he, um, he hadn't had quite the connection I, he had, I had with my father. When I was in Italy, all of my experiences, I would say, were um, longing for him. So I'd wake up in the morning and I'd think, you know, when, when, I'd ask my mom, literally, when is dad going to get here? And that didn't have an answer. Uh, and I would go through my days and uh, have these experiences that were formed from living in Iran. So the first time I saw television, I said, Mom... Why do they have something on there besides people reading the Quran? I was really confused. And Jimmy didn't have those experiences because he had his formative years in Italy. So the first time he sees my father, or he's supposed to see my father, all he can think of is, Ooh, io voglio un panino. Io voglio un panino. He wanted a sandwich. That's literally all he could think of. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm crying and, and desperate to see my father. Um, and he came, and he was there, and, and it was great for us to be in Italy. But at that time, immigrants weren't really welcome in Europe, so we couldn't really stay in Italy. And he ended up having to go to the United Nations and try to declare asylum. But people from Iran weren't getting asylum at that point, not, not in Europe at least. And after three hours of having these conversations with UN officials and at first fearing that maybe we wouldn't be able to get in, we finally got our paperwork and were granted asylum and came to the United States to a little place we call New Jersey, which out of all the places I've been is probably the most frightening. <laughs> and we went to school here and tried to learn English by sitting outside reading from a dictionary. Yeah, that's how I learned English. Yay, New Jersey. And it was at that point that they decided that our names were a little too funny and we had to change them. So we went from Chodayar and Chashayar to John and Jimmy, which are <laughs> happy-go-lucky fun names that make people curious about whether or not you're Jewish or Spanish or Muslim or what the heck are you. I appreciate you for listening to my story and uh, I want you to know that at the end of the day, I'm really just a person and uh, I appreciate that you're willing to come along on my journey.